من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله Verily the praise belongs to Allah We praise Him, seek His assistance and forgiveness We seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds Whoever Allah guides, there is no one that can lead him astray And whoever Allah leads astray, there is no one that can guide him I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone And that he has no partners or associates And I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave servant and his messenger. <coughs> uh, Insha'Allah, this evening, in this, our fourth lecture, dealing with the tafsir of the Qur'an, tafsir al-Qur'an al-Azim, and primarily, and referring back to the tafsir of al-Hafiz ibn Kathir, rahimahullah, We'd like to discuss the topic of the falsehood of the belief or the creed or the aqeedah of the Christians. And this topic is mentioned in the Qur'an in a number of places. From amongst them, the verses under discussion this evening from Surah Al-Ma'idah, chapter 5, verses 80 to 72. 76 and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begins these verses after previous discussion related to the Christians and Jews and he says here A'udhu billahi minash shaytan rajeem Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim Laqad kafar al-ladheena qalu إن الله هو المصيح ابن مريم لقد كفر الذين قالوا إن الله هو المصيح ابن مريم that definitely they have disbelieved لقد كفر they have definitely disbelieved they have gone out of the framework of Iman those who said الذين قالوا and here it's clear that the kufr of those whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has declared their disbelief in these verses, it is by their speech, by that which they have said, based on the belief that they have in their heart. These words are based on the belief that they have in their heart. Nonetheless, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He didn't say, He didn't make the reference to the belief of those who believe such, but He said those who say it. And this is to make us know, to know that not only the belief that's in someone's heart, but also the words that a person says, they are accountable for them. And they are not only beliefs, but they are also words and they are also actions that may cause a person to be declared in the state of disbelief or kufr. لَقَدْ كَفَرَ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الْمَصِيحُ بْنُ مَرْيَمُ That those who said, that verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He is Al-Masih He is the Messiah the son of Maryam those who made this statement obviously it is the Christians various groups from amongst the Christians and perhaps the majority of the Christians in the world today hold this belief is espoused by most of the Christians or many of them in the world today they claim that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he is Al-Masih ibn Maryam but of course they say the other way they say that Jesus that he is Allah or that he is God and this belief it is Ittihad Al-Ibn Wal-Ab the unity of the son and the father as they say they refer to the creator of the heavens and the earth as the father and they refer to Isa salam as his son and they call them both one that Jesus himself he is actually God and this was the belief of particular groups from amongst the Christians and it is mentioned 
some of those groups, one of them, the Ya'qubiyya, or the Jacobites, is mentioned by Al-Hafid ibn Kathir in his tafsir, that this was their belief, the belief in the union of the father and the son. Whereas perhaps the majority of the Christians in the Western world today hold the belief of the union of the father and the son and the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost and as mentioned in other places in the Quran the belief in Trinity includes the father and the son and the mother of Jesus Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions a reference to this also in the near the end of this chapter that some of the Christians believed in the divinity of the mother of Jesus so they believed that the three gods in the Trinity were the father, the son and the mother of Jesus and in the Catholic Church I remember as a child they used to say they used to refer to Mary as the mother of God in this expression exactly they used to say the mother of God in any case all of this is kufr and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he is the one who has declared it as kufr and this is a reminder to us that the declaration of kufr or the making of takfir on those who profess to believe in the oneness of Allah and the prophethood of Muhammad is a dangerous issue it's not our intention to talk about it tonight but we should keep in mind that the declaration of someone as being a kafir either due through, the, through their actions or their speech or the beliefs that they hold it is something that is the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and only the, the ahl ilm or the ulama have the right to make a statement concerning this based on evidence from the text of the Quran and the Sunnah once a person claims to believe in the oneness of Allah and the Prophet of Muhammad وسلم, then we should be cautious from trying to exclude that person from Islam by declaring them to be a kafir either by their speech or their actions or their beliefs in any case the Christians here have been declared to be kufr to be kafirs by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clear words لَقَدَ كَفَرَ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الْمَصِيحِ ابْنُ مَرْيَمْ وَقَالَ الْمَصِيحِ يَا بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ عُبُدُ اللَّهَ رَبِّي وَرَبَّكُمْ while the Christians are saying that Jesus is a God with Allah that he is also Allah Isa alayhi salam al-Masih he himself said Ya Bani Israel O'abud Allah he is the one who said O children of Israel worship Allah Rabbi wa Rabbakum my Lord and your Lord my Creator and your Creator he is the one that deserves to be worshipped he is my Lord and he is your Lord he has created me and he has created you and he is the one who should be worshipped so here Isa alayhi salam al-Masih Ibn Maryam he is calling the people to a tawheed to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the ruling or the condition the reward or the final place of those who fall into this act of worshipping something as a god besides Allah or declaring anyone or anything to have the right to anything that is exclusively the rights of Allah whether in his rububiyyah, his lordship as being the lord or in his atma'u'l-sifat his exclusive right to be named and to be described by the perfect qualities and the perfect names or in his right which is referred to here as right uh, the tawheed of uluhiyya or ubudiyyah his right to be worshipped alone here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says innahu may yushrik billah faqad harram allahu alayhi al-jannah إِنَّهُ مَنْ يُشْرِكْ بِاللَّهِ Anyone, whoever worships something along with Allah other than Allah or along with Allah as an equal or a partner with Him مَنْ يُشْرِكْ بِاللَّهِ فَقَدْ حَرَّمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ الْجَنَّةِ Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Himself has made it haram He has declared it to be haram He has made it forbidden or prohibited for that person to enter al-jannah So shirk, it is the sin It is the greatest of all the worst of all sins, the most severe of all sins, and it is the thing due to which a person will never enter the paradise. Any person who dies on shirk, not having made tawbah from it during their lifetime, then that person is destined for the hellfire without any question. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it forbidden for that person to enter the paradise, and then he makes it more clear by, by saying not only is it forbidden for them to enter the paradise, and his destination is indeed the hellfire and not only is it forbidden for that person to enter the paradise but clearly his destination is the hellfire in case there was any doubt that perhaps there is another option that if the person doesn't enter the paradise maybe they will be somewhere else then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it very clear that their destination that their manzil, their place of resting, the place where they will end up 
It is ma'wahu an-nar, jahannam, the hellfire. Wa ma'lizzalimina min ansar. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala closed this ayat. Wa ma'lizzalimina min ansar. And there is no one to help or to assist or to aid or to support or to defend the zalimun. The zalimun, the zalim, is the person who transgressed the bounds goes beyond the bounds. And we said that a zulm is of different types. Zulm, the first type of zulm is a zulm linafsi, the person who transgresses against their own self. And the second type is a zulm lighayrihi, the person who transgresses against someone else's right. And the third type, which is the worst type of zulm, it is against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a shirk. And this is the zulm that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is referring to here. وَمَا لِلظَّالِمِينَ مِنْ أَنْفَاءَ that there is no helper for those valimeen, that is those who practice shirk, who worship something along with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No one will be able to help them and no one will be able to defend them or prevent them from the destination that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has declared for them. In the next verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala declares the other, the second reason for which the Nasara or the Christians are declared to be kuffar or disbelievers and that is due to another saying of theirs, which is also a saying of kufr, and it is based on a belief that is in their heart. لَقَدَ كَفَرَ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ ثَالِثُ ثَلَاثَةٌ لَقَدَ كَفَرَ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ ثَالِثُ ثَلَاثَةٌ But definitely, definitely they have disbelieved those who said that Allah is one of the three gods. ثَالِثُ ثَلَاثَةٌ That He is the thalith, the third of those three gods. And those three gods, as we said, according to perhaps the most common belief of the Christians that we know of today, is the belief in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And some, according to that which is referred to in the Quran, and those who refer to uh, Mary as a god also, as two gods, Jesus, Isa, and his mother, as two gods besides Allah, and the third god being, in their language, the Father. That whoever claims this belief that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inna Allah that verily Allah is Thalith of Thalatha He is the third of the three gods one of the three gods of the Trinity then they have definitely disbelieved it is kufr disbelief to hold such an idea or to espouse such an idea whoever says such from amongst the Christians then this is a manifestation of their disbelief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refutes. He makes a refutation against their statement. Their statement that that Isa salam is Allah or their statement that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is one of the three gods in the Trinity and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَمَا مِنْ إِلَٰهٍ إِلَّا إِلَٰهٌ that there is absolutely no God, there is no God. And this expression in the Arabic language is very clear. If you understand the use of Arabic language, وَمَا مِنْ إِلَٰهٍ إِلَٰهٍ is in the indefinite form and it's after negation. وَمَا مِنْ إِلَٰهٍ Which means in the absolute sense, similar to the saying of لَا إِلَٰهَ إِلَّا الله. لَا إِلَٰهَ is in the absolute sense. This لَا is used to negate something absolutely. And likewise, this expression here used in the Qur'an, ma min ilahin, is the same as saying la ilaha. There is absolutely nothing that has the right or deserves to be worshipped. Illa ilahun wahid. Except one God. And that one God is the same as the statement in the shahada. La ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah is the same as this meaning. Ma min ilahin illa ilahun wahid. The one. The one that deserves to be worshipped because of I mean those reasons because of his rububiyyah and so on then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala threatens those people who make these statements of kufr and who declare something or give or offer acts of worship to someone or something other than him and he specifically here is referring to the Christians and their statements of kufr and he threatens them saying وَإِن لَمْ that if they don't refrain, if they don't turn back, if they don't go away from that statement that they have been saying and come back to that which is true, uh, that which is true, that which they are saying which is lies, fabrication and falsehood, 
وإن لم ينتهوا أما يقولون ليمسن الذين كفروا منهم عذاب أليم ليمسن here this expression also is of importance because the emphasis here is to show the definiteness of this statement ليمسن the noon on the end of the word taking shadda noon mushadda it means it is for emphasis to show that there is no doubt about this statement that those who disbelieve from amongst them الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا مِنْهُمْ that they will be touched they will be afflicted by a terrible punishment عَذَابٌ alim and alim is not only painful but it is شِدَّةُ الْعَلَمْ and it is extreme pain that they will be punished by عَذَابٌ alim. and also linguistically the lamb in this expression it is of any benefit to note that the lamb here it is an indication that originally in this statement there is al-qasm or a making of oath the meaning of this statement that which is which has been deleted from it and the lamb is an indication of it is the statement wallahi wallahi yamassanna alladheena kafaroo minhum adhabun adheem and this is understood from the arabic language that when there is a qasm and a sharq which is, is which came in this particular uh, verse then one of them would be deleted and here the qasm of wallahi is deleted but it is indicated by the placement of the lamb that they would definitely be afflicted by a terrible punishment uh, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his great mercy his great mercy and favor to his creatures even after those people have fallen into the worst of all sins, the most severe of all sins, that is a shirk. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, out of his bounty and his mercy, offers to them an opportunity to turn back and to correct themselves. And this is the opportunity that is one of the favors of Islam, and it is one of the, the uh, beautiful aspects of Islam, that in Islam there is that which is called a tawbah, a tawbah. And a Muslim knows that whenever they commit any wrong or any act of disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that they are not finished. It's not the end because they can always turn back to Allah in repentance. They can turn back to Allah in repentance and ask for His forgiveness. And even for those who commit shirk, if they repent during their lifetime, Allah accepts the true repentance of those who repent to Him in His lifetime. But whoever dies on shirk, then they are guaranteed to be in the hellfire. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَفَلَا يَتُوبُونَ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَيَسْتَغْفِرُونَ أَفَلَا يَتُوبُونَ إِلَى اللَّهِ Shouldn't, is it, will they not turn back to Allah in repentance, turn back to Allah in repentance and seek His forgiveness? أَفَلَا يَتُوبُونَ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَيَسْتَغْفِرُونَ يعني, Here Allah is opening the way for them, opening the door for them to repent from their mistake, from their error, from their deviation, from their transgressing the limits and falling into shirk and giving them a chance to turn back to Him and to leave that kufr and that falsehood and to ask for Allah's forgiveness and this forgiveness al-maghfira it is from the word it is the meaning of it, it is from satara ghafara it means satara and the, the meaning of it is that if a person is given forgiveness by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it means that he will satara he will cover the effect that should have befallen them from the sin which they committed. Instead of them being punished, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will cover them from their punishment and therefore, and therefore they would not be punished. This is the meaning of al-maghfirah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَفَلَا يَتُوبُونَ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَيَسْتَغْفِرُونَ وَاللَّهُ غَفُورٌ رَحِيمٌ And indeed Allah, He is forgiving and merciful. He is forgiving of those who turn to Him repentance and He is merciful to the believers. In the next verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala <coughs> mentions two things one of them the reality the reality of Isa ibn Maryam alayhi salam what is the reality of Isa is it as the Christians claim that he is divine that he is the son of God that he himself is a God along with Allah or is it that he is a human being that he is a, a servant, a abd, and a rasul, a messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like the other messengers who came before him that he received revelation like the messengers who came before him 
and that miracles were performed by him like the miracles that were performed by the prophets and messengers before him by the permission and the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is it that he is indeed divine or is he a abd, a slave and a rasul, a human being like the other prophets and messengers before him Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives this or mentions this verse to teach us the true reality of Isa that Al-Masih Ibn Maryam, the Messiah, the son of Maryam السلام, he is no more than a messenger not more than that, he is no more than a messenger Rasul, one who received revelation who has been sent to the people to warn them against disobedience of Allah and call them to the worship of Allah alone he is no more than a, than a, than a, than a, a Rasul, a messenger like those who came before him قَدْ خَلَتْ مِنْ قَبْلِهِ الرَّسُولِ and many, many messengers came before him and passed away before him and he is similar, just like those before him uh, only able to do that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him the ability to do and only having knowledge of that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed him of like the other prophets and messengers before him so this is the reality of Isa Al-Masih ibn Maryam salam he is no more than a Rasul a messenger from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like the messengers who came before him وَأُمُّهُ صِدِّيقَةً and his mother the mother of Isa salam Maryam she is Siddiqa this is the title of honor that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to her and Siddiq the meaning of it it is Mufaddiq or Mufaddiqa the one who testifies to the truthfulness she, as she testified to the truthfulness of the message of Isa Hassan salam, and just as Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu was given the title Siddiq because of his firm conviction in that which was brought by the Messenger of Allah sallallahu without ever doubting at all and likewise it was the case of the mother of Isa salam. she was Siddiqa one who testified to the truth of the message that came to her and Mu'mina, one who believed in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and all that he revealed through his messenger that the believers should believe in she is a Mu'mina, believer in Allah Mufaddiqa, one who testifies to the truth of the message that was sent by Isa alayhi salam and here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives the hujjah or the proof to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu and to his followers, the Muslims in general against the false belief of the Christians he gives the argument which is a clear, simple, easy to understand argument and only those who reject the truth and who refuse to accept the truth when it comes to them clearly would reject such a proof Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in reference to Isa who was no more than a messenger and his mother who was Siddiqa كَانَ يَأْكُلَانِ الطَّعَامِ كَانَ يَأْكُلَانِ الطَّعَامِ that both of them they used to eat food they used to have a need to eat food and just like any other human being who needs to eat food they also have to relieve themselves from that food and this is not becoming of anyone who could be considered as an ilah, a divine being along with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is a clear proof that both Isa salam and his mother Maryam that they are not God along with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but they are merely human beings this is a proof of their humanity that they had a need to eat food in order to sustain their body and these characteristics of having need of anything and that which is the result of the person who eats food these are not the characteristics of a divine being that should be worshipped besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and likewise to us انظر كيف نبين لهم الآيات انظر كيف نبين لهم الآيات look at how we make clear to them the ayat, the verses or the signs the clear proofs look how we make clear to them the proofs concerning the issue of the divinity of Isa salam and likewise his mother Maryam look at how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it clear is perfect clarity for whoever opens their heart and opens their mind to the truth and after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it clear with clear evidence and clear proof 
that cannot be argued against then look at how they turn away how they turn away from the truth after it's made clear to them and how they reject it how they deny the truth when they know that they have no argument to support their position or their belief in the last verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that which is an argument against the Christians and likewise, it's an argument against the Jews in their false beliefs and in taking Uzair as a God or as the Son of God and a God along with Allah. And likewise, the pagans of Mecca from amongst the Quraysh or the Arabs and all of the disbelievers and anyone who worships anyone or anything along with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whether from amongst the angels, prophets or otherwise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here makes the argument against them. Qul, مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ أَتَعْبُدُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ Most of the translations usually translate these words as do you worship something other than Allah but really the meaning of مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ means that which is under or less than or beneath Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Do you worship something that is less than Allah and everything is less than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala therefore this is a clear proof that of the falsehood of worshipping anything besides Him أَتَعْبُدُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ Anything that is less than Allah and everything is less than Him مَا لَا يَمْلِكُ لَكُمْ بَرًّا وَلَا نَفْعًا Do you worship, do you give worship to something that is less than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala anything other than Allah مَا لَا يَمْلِكُ لَكُمْ بَرًّا وَلَا نَفْعًا That doesn't have or doesn't possess or control the ability to keep away from you بَرًّا any harm nor to give you any نَفْعًا benefit يعني that which cannot harm you nor protect you from harm nor can it benefit you or protect you from benefit Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He is the only one who can harm you or protect you from harm and He is the only one who can benefit you therefore He makes the argument full He tells the Prophet to say to them to the Nasara and the Yud and the Mushrik from amongst the Arab and the rest of the people who worship anything besides Him أَتَعْبُدُونَ Do you worship مِن دُونِ Less, that which is less than Allah مَا لَا يَمْلِكْ لَكُمْ ضَرًّا وَلَا نَفْعًا cannot cause you harm or benefit وَاللَّهُ هُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْعَلِيمُ while Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He is السَّمِيعُ the one who is all hearing and Al-Aleem the one who is all knowing who hears the sayings of the people and who knows all of their condition Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here in this verse also as in many verses in the Qur'an and as in the statement of La ilaha illallah he gives us the argument from two sides from negation and affirmation and he says here that they are worshipping that which La yamliku lakum darran wa la nafa that it does not, he negates the ability to cause you any harm or to give you any benefit and then he affirms he, that he is the one who has the ability Wallahu huwa al-sameer alim he is the one who has the perfect names, the most beautiful names and perfect characteristics and this is mentioned in many places in the Qur'an the negation of the ability or the right or the authority or the power of everything other than Allah and then the affirmation of that for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone He is the one who has the ability to cause harm and to give benefit and this comes under the rububiyyah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is a constant argument in the Qur'an the affirmation that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone is the Rabb he is the only creator, he is the only provider, he is the only one who has control over life and death, he is the only one who can cause harm or give benefit. This is the rububiyah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if this is affirmed, and as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in many places in the Quran, لَوْ تَعَلْتَهُمْ مَنْ خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ If you had asked them who created the heavens and the earth, and who is the only creator, the only Rabb, they would say definitely it is Allah. And this is the Quraysh, the mushrik of Quraysh who used to worship many gods. If you were to ask them who created the heavens and earth, they would say Allah, only Allah. Then if Allah is the only creator and the only Rabb, then this is a proof against you. For he alone deserves to be worshipped. And this is mentioned, as I said, in many places in the Quran, that al-ibadah, it is due to the one who is the creator, the one who controls the affairs, the one who gives harm and benefit. And this is hinted at in this verse that they are worshipping something that cannot 
harm them or give them any benefit. Therefore, that person is naqif and is defective and doesn't have the right of rububiyyah and therefore it shouldn't have the right of al-ubudiyyah or worship. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in another place in the Quran in Surah Al-Baqarah chapter 2 verse 21 Ya yuhannas a'budu rabbakum alladhi khalaqakum walladhin min qablikum O mankind, worship your Lord who created you and those before you. And he is the creator, he is the only one who has the right to be worshipped. Therefore worship him alone. Why worship him? Because he is the Rabb. وَالَّذِي جَعَلَ لَكُمُ الْأَرْضَ فِرَاشًا وَالسَّمَاءَ مَاءً وَأَنزَلَ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مَاءً وَأَخْرَجَ بِهِ مِنَ السَّمَرَاتِ رِزْقًا لَكُمْ فَلَا تَجْعَلُوا مَاءً فَلَا تَجْعَلُوا لِلَّهِ أَنْدَادًا وَأَنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ That Allah, He is the one who made the earth as a resting place for you, as a home for you, and made the sky as a canopy or a roof over your head. And He is the one who sends down from the clouds, water, and then he brings forth from the earth the fruits that are a sustenance for you. Therefore, don't make anything as an equal with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala while you know. While you know that he is the one who created you and those before you, and he is the one who made the earth for you. And Don't make anyone as an equal or anything as an equal with Allah when you know this, that he is the Rabb and everything else is in need of a Rabb and he is the creator and everything else is created and he is the one who has the authority and the power over the universe and everything else is under his authority. Uh, this is the general meaning of what I was able to collect from various tafsirs. And just quickly before reading the Mukhtasar Tafsir of Ibn Kathir, uh, some of the words from the perspective of yani, or linguistic benefit, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in, this, in these verses, Harrama, laqad harrama Allah, that Allah has made haram, and to make something haram, it, it means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has declared that thing to be forbidden. And the opposite of harrama is ahalla, ahalla, to make something Halal. Here in this place, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He made it forbidden for the people who die in shirk to enter the paradise. And also of the important words mentioned in these verses is anfar, that those who die in shirk, that they will not have any helper, they will not have any helpers or supporters. And anfar is the plural of nasir, nasir. And it is similar in meaning to mu'in, someone who helps or supports or assists. Then I mentioned already the word alim, and it is its meaning is shadid al-alam. I mean that which is extreme in pain. And likewise, sabbiqa, the description, the noble description of Maryam, the mother of Isa salam, it means musabbiqa, the one who is mu'mina billah, believing in Allah subhanahu wa taala, and that which he revealed and his messengers and so on and also Musaddiqa yani testifying to the truthfulness, truthfulness of the message that came with her message and also here there is an indication or a refutation in this description of Maryam the mother of Isa السلام, as Siddiqa it is a refutation against the Jews who said that she was a Zaniya that she committed fornication because she didn't have a husband and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described it with this word Siddiqa which is one of the most, the highest status that a human being in this world can reach along with the Anbiya, the uh, Shuhada, the Salihin and the Siddiqun these are the highest titles that a human being can achieve and from amongst them is that which has been here ascribed to Maryam the mother Isa salam as a refutation against the Jews in Bani Israel it is the Israel is the name that was given to Yaqub, Jacob السلام, one of the prophets of Allah Israel was the name that was given to him and Bani Israel referred to his descendants, his children directly first and foremost Bani Israel, his children and then those who are descended from them and the meaning of Bani Israel here it means those people from the children of Israel that Isa السلام, was sent to 
here in the Tafsir of Ibn Kathir, he mentions three main topics. The first of them is Kufra and Nasara, Wada'awat al Masih Tawheed, the disbelief of the Christians and the call or the, the invitation of the Messiah, Isa alayhi salam, calling the people to a Tawheed. Al Hafiz al Kathir, rahimahullah, mentions yani that which has been summarized, meaning is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to the Christians of their various groups, the Manakhites, Jacobites, and Nasrites, that all of them who hold such beliefs in the divinity uh, of anything other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that they are disbelievers. And from amongst them are those who said that Isa is Allah. And then he declares yani, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is free and far above that which they ascribe to him of this imperfection. Uh, and then he says that they made the claim, they made this claim of the divinity of Isa in spite of the fact that he made it known, that Isa himself made it known that he was only a servant of Allah and his messenger and that when even as a child, when he was in the cradle, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reports in the Quran, he said, Inni Abdullah Atani al Kitaba wa Jalani Nabiyan as a child in the cradle, just as a little baby Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made him to say these words that verily I am an Abdullah, a slave of Allah, which is a direct refutation against the claim of his divinity or being a son of Allah or anything such as this. That I am only a servant, a slave of Allah, and Allah has given me the scripture, divine revelation, and he has made me as a prophet. And then in the end of those verses, uh, he said, وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ رَبِّي وَرَبُّكُمْ That verily Allah is my Lord and your Lord, therefore worship him. And since he is the Lord and the Creator, and he is the one who deserves to be worshipped, al-mustaqim. This is the straight path. And he also said similar words as Al-Hafiz ibn Kathir mentions from the verses that we just had, that as a man, as an adult, when he was sent as a prophet, he also told the people, Ya Bani Israel, Abud Allah Rabbi Rabbakum, worship Allah, my Lord, and your Lord. And here, the words at the end of this verse, Innahu mayushrik billah, Ibn Kathir said that shirk billah, it is in, ref- in this verse, it is in reference to worship. It is in, in, in reference to worshipping something along with Allah, associating something with Him in worship. When originally a shirk, it is in, what you may say that shirk is of, also of different types, and it may be looked at from different perspectives, from in reference to Tawheed. Tawheed, Ar-Rububiyyah, uh, is violated by shirk in associating something as a Rabb or a Lord besides Allah. And Tawheed, Al-Asma wa Sifat, is, is, uh, is yani, negated by those who offer something of the beautiful names or the perfect characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to other than Allah. And this is shirk in Asma wa Sifat. And likewise, the Tawheed of Ubudiyya or Uluhiyya is violated by those who offer any form of worship whatsoever to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In any case, from the, uh, from the meaning of the verses in this section, it becomes clear that the shirk that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about here is shirk in Ubudiyya, in offering worship to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he said, whoever does so that Allah has made, forbidden for him the paradise and his place, uh, his final destination would be the hellfire. And here it is also important, and in the mention here uh, by Al Hafiz Ibn Kathir, Rahimahullah, of the verse, Inna Allah la yaghfir ay yushraka bihi wa yaghfir ma duna zalik li That Allah doesn't forgive that anyone should make shirk, that anyone should worship anything besides Him. And he forgives whatever is less than that, ma duna dalik, anything less than shirk, which is also another indication. The meaning here is not anything other than shirk, but again the meaning of wa ma duna dalik, it means anything that is less than that, because the word sin it is shirk, and anything else is less than that. So everything which is less than that, Allah subhanahu wa taala forgives mimi yasha, whoever He wills, and whoever Allah wills, He may forgive any sin that they committed in this world, ma duna. Shirk, whatever is less than shirk, but Allah will never forgive shirk. In Allah la yaghfir ayyushraka bihi. He doesn't forgive this. And this is a refutation against the wrong understanding of some people who believe 
that Allah forgives all sins without exception, including shirk, even if a, di- a person died on shirk. And this may be understood from the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ جَمِيًا That verily Allah forgives the sins, all of them. That's a general ayat, it is am. And this verse is a specific ayat, it is khas. And the general verse should be understood in light of the specific. And therefore, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ جَمِيًا That Allah forgives all sins. It should be understood in light of the fact that the exception to that general statement is this verse, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَغْفِرُ أَيُشْرَكَ بِهِ وَيَغْفِرُ مَا دُونَ ذَلِكَ إِنَيْ So that shirk, Allah doesn't forgive it if a person dies on it without repenting from it. But anything that's less than shirk, Allah forgives whoever He wills. Therefore, any of the believers, people who died on Tawheed, but they committed some sins which they didn't repent from, then Allah forgives of those sins whomever and whatever He wills. Those people would be under the will of Allah, tahta mashiyat Allah. Then he mentions another verse, which is a proof of this matter, that those people who will be in the hellfire will call out to the people of the paradise and ask them to give us some water or, or something from what Allah has provided you with. And they will say to them, إِنَّ اللَّهَ حَرَّمَهُمَا عَلَى الْكَافِرِينَ That Allah has made prohibited, He has made it forbidden that the disbelievers will take anything from the water of paradise or anything that the people in paradise are provided with because He has forbidden for them the paradise and everything that is in it. And then Al-Hafiz Al-Kathir mentions from the Sahih of Al-Bukhari uh, that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had someone to proclaim to the people in the Jannah لَا يَدْخُلُهَا إِلَّا نَفْسٍ مُؤْمِنَةٍ uh, مُسْلِمَةٍ أَوْ مُؤْمِنَةٍ that verily the paradise no one would enter it except a Muslim soul or a mu'min believing soul only a Muslim or a mu'min will enter the paradise and this is reported in the Sahih of Al-Bukhari rahimahullah this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that Isa alayhi salam said to the children of Israel that verily whoever sets apart is with Allah then Allah is forbidden paradise for him and fire will be his abode and there are no helpers for the wrongdoers and the ظالمون ومشركون those who make shirk no one will be able to help them or support them or to protect them from the condition that they will be in that is entering the hellfire then he mentions the next verse the disbelief of those who said that Allah is one of the three gods and he mentions that some of the scholars from amongst the early generation of the Muslims from amongst Sadiqin specifically Mujahid and Sudbi and others, they said that this verse was revealed in reference to the Christians in particular. And some of them said that uh, this verse, that this is similar to the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the end of this chapter and that which we refer to in the end of chapter of Surah Al-Ma'idah, chapter 5, verse 116. قُلْتَ لِلنَّاسِ اتَّخِذُونِي وَأُمِّي إِلَاهِينِ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ قَالَ سُبْحَانَكَ يعني this statement in the Qur'an from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he said or when he will say to Isa ibn Maryam alayhi salam أَأَنْتَ قُلْتَ لِلنَّاسِ have you said to the people did you say when you were in the world to the people اتَّخِذُونِي وَأُمِّي إِلَاهِينِ to take me and my mother as two gods besides Allah and Isa salam would say Subhanak, translated as here as Glory be to you. The real meaning of Subhana, it is a declaration or the confession or the acknowledgement of the perfection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that no imperfection can be attributed to him or any shortcoming or anything of the falsehood that has been said that has been claimed against him by the disbelievers. Subhanallah means this, the confession of Allah's perfection and that he doesn't have any imperfection or shortcoming, nor can it be attributed to him. Now, Jazakallah khair. Uh, then quickly, yani, the important things here, again, the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the refutation against those who claim anyone as a God besides of Allah, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that there is no God, there is nothing that has the right to be worshipped except one God, that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and if they don't cease or hold back from this statement, from their lies, or their false claims, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala threatens them with azabun alim, a terrible punishment, uh, and then He offers to them the opportunity to turn back to Him, to leave that falsehood and disbelief, 
turn to him in repentance and to seek his forgiveness. And here he says, this, is a dem- this demonstrates Allah's generosity, kindness, and mercy for his creatures, even though they have committed this grave sin and invented such a lie and false accusa- allegation. Despite all of this, Allah calls them to repent so that he may forgive them. For Allah forgives those who sincerely repent to him. And this is the proof that people who committed shirk, if they repented in their lifetime, sincere repentance, Allah accepts their repentance and he turns to them and he forgives them even shirk in their lifetime, but not after death. The, the next title that Al-Hazm al-Kathir mentions or that is, that's under these verses is Al-Masih Abdun wa Ummuhu Siddiqa that Al-Masih Isa salam that he is an Abd, a slave, a servant and his mother is a Siddiqa though and someone who was of the most truthful. And then he says that Isa just like the previous prophets, he is just like the previous prophets and he is one of the servants of Allah and one of his noble <coughs> messengers. And this is mentioned in another place in the Quran in huwa illa abdun an'amna alayhi wajalnahu mathalan bani Israel that verily he is no more than a slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we have given him of our favors and made him an example for the Bani Israel uh, children of Israel then he mentions the title of Siddiqa for the mother of Isa and that both of them and the reputation of their divinity is the fact that both of them used to eat food they both used to eat food needing nourishment and to leave the call of nature therefore they are just servants, slaves like other servants not gods as ignorant Christian sects claim may Allah's continued curses cover them until the day of resurrection this is the dua of Al-Hafiz Ibn Kathir Rahimahullah and then he says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala next tells the Prophet sallallahu look how we have made this thing clear, crystal clear for them and look how they are deluded, that is look how they turn away and they reject and deny the truth and then finally he mentions the last verse uh, and this is for all disbelievers brought specifically and he mentioned the reference to the Christians here, do they worship something less than Allah that doesn't have any, any power either to harm or benefit but it is Allah who is the all here and the all know the affirmation of Allah is the one who has the descriptions of perfection and he alone therefore should be worshipped. The last title that is mentioned here it is An-Nahi an shirk wal ghulu fid-Din, the prohibition of shirk and exaggeration in being and the second part exaggeration in being are the verses that are following but the last statement that he says here concerning the prohibition of shirk is these verses we worship something less than Allah which doesn't have any ability to cause harm or to benefit while Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He is the one who is al-Samir al-Aleem He hears what his servants say and has knowledge of all things Therefore how do you worship inanimate objects that do not hear or see or know anything having no power to bring harm or benefit to themselves let alone others instead of worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala How can we turn from the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the worship Aysad Tafasir by Shaykh Abu Bakr al-Jiza'ari Hafidhullah, may Allah protect and preserve him at the end of these verses he mentioned a number of points that are derived from these verses the first of them is the confirmation of the disbelief of the Christians who said that Isa is Allah or the son of Allah the second of them is the confirmation of the servitude of Isa that he didn't worship anyone except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his own words and the third of them is the declaration of the prohibition of Jannah for those who would meet Allah having worshipped something along with him that is those who meet Allah on Yawm Qiyamah while they have died having practiced shirk and they didn't repent from it then it is haram for them to enter the paradise the fourth of them is the falsehood of the trinity uh, in the belief or the creed or the aqidah of the Nasara while the negation or the declaration of the falsehood of trinity is the confirmation of a tawheed then he mentions number five the clearing of Isa and his mother the clearing of Isa and his mother from uh, having made any claim to divinity having claimed to the people that they have any divinity this is a clearing uh, of, of any such idea the sixth of them is opening the door of tawbah for the Christians if they will only turn back from their falsehood and accept the truth. 
the seventh point is the affirmation of the humanity of Isa and his mother السلام, that both of them are human beings and the proof of this is that they have a need to eat in order to sustain their body and whoever has a need of anything food or anything else then that person or that thing couldn't possibly be considered as a God or a divine being not rationally nor in the Sharia of Islam the eighth point he said the blaming of those who worship anything other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from amongst the things that Allah has created those things which don't have any ability to help themselves nor to help those who worship them nor to cause harm to them nor can they hear their supplications if they call on them nor do they know the condition of those who call on them they don't have knowledge of everything but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he is alone the one who hears the speech and the supplications of those who call on him and those who worship him and he is the one who has knowledge of the condition of his servants and all of his his creatures so he alone is the one who deserves to be worshipped and everything besides him is falsehood Uh, these are the end of the things that he said and uh, in the remaining time uh, if there are any comments or questions or corrections then we can deal with that now and look at the questions at the end of the handout. Is there any comments or questions? The meaning of Masih is from Masaha which means to wipe over or as some of the people said in English which is in proper, I mean in the context of its use Al uh, Masih means uh, the anointed one or the one who anoints and it means both of them and they used to in that time they used to take some oil or something and wipe the people with it and so and it is used in this sense uh, the anointed one or the one who anoints this is a title for Isa while in fact uh, the greater description of Isa the greatest description of him is the greatest description that a human being can be described by and that is Al-Ubudiyah that he is Abdullah wa Rasulullah and the fact that he is described as Abdullah is greater than any other description because the one who is the slave of Allah exclusively then this is the greatest honor that a person can be given because whoever worships Allah alone and they will never be a slave to anything other than Allah Masih al-Tajjal it's the same word exactly Masih al-Tajjal the Masih al-Tajjal is the one who would claim that he is the return of Isa salam and he would claim that he is divine and that he is the supreme being and he would also do many amazing feats which would lead many people to believe in him similar or even perhaps greater than the miracles performed by Isa salam by permission from Allah and therefore the people uh, due to his, his ability by permission from Allah to do these amazing feats then they would believe in him that he is actually Al-Masih and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would cause Al-Masih Isa ibn Maryam السلام, to descend to this earth and he would uh, pursue him and kill him Naam Mm. No. No. In reference to the Muslims, shirk it is different than kufr in that in in one sense and in another sense it's the same. Yani shirk is kufr, but it's it's a type of kufr, but it's more, yeah, I and mean, it's worse than the normal kufr in a sense that kufr it is only uh, a degree of shirk and yani that the person doesn't acknowledge the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they don't acknowledge his right that he is the Lord and creator and he alone should be worshipped while shirk is, a, is goes further not only the denial of the right of Allah but it's also attributing that which belongs to Allah to someone along with him so it's, it's another degree of kufr and in fact whoever dies on kufr or shirk and the ruling is the same that they are denied the hellfire whoever dies on kufr or shirk the only uh, difference is that 
Allah, they denied uh, Jannah, naam. The only difference is that uh, if people didn't know the truth of the message that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent to the prophets or messengers because that message was removed or it didn't reach them, then their condition would be, as the Prophet sallallahu mentioned in authentic hadith, the Sahih of Muslim, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will come before those people on Yom Qiyamah and He will present Himself to them and ask them, to be Rabbikum, and am I not your Lord? And they will say, Bala, now, definitely, yes, you are our Lord. And after acknowledging that He is the Lord, the Creator, the Supreme Being, then He will test those people who the message didn't come to, who may have died on Kufr because the truth didn't reach them. Because the truth didn't reach them. And that test would be that He would order the people to enter a fire. He would order them to enter the fire. And those who obeyed Him, they would find themselves in the paradise. And those who disobeyed, who refused to obey His order, and they would be thrown in the real fire. Because, uh, as some of the scholars said, that those who the prophets and messengers came to, saying that Allah sent us to order you to do this, if they didn't obey them, and they are punished, then those whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Himself came to and ordered them, and they didn't obey Him, they have more right to be punished than those who disobeyed the prophets and messengers who were only sent by Allah. So the difference basically you can say is that uh, the, the shirk is, is a further degree of kufr, but again we have to keep in mind that people who died in kufr or in shirk in the time when the message didn't reach them, then they would be tested by Allah and Allah knows that will be the end. Kufr is not forgiven without tawbah, but what I said is that the person who dies on kufr because they didn't, the truth didn't reach them, then we don't say that that person would be... For the Muslims, any... No, kufr is, is the same. And if a person... Kufr, yani what, what, what is kufr? Kufr is the denial of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and denial of His message. If a person claims to be a Muslim, but they deny that which Allah sent, or deny the Prophet وسلم, then it is, their claim to Islam is only by their mouth. But the kufr, if it's really kufr, then it is, the, the action is the proof of the, the reality of their situation. What's the difference between a Muslim and a Prophet? There's a big difference of opinion amongst the scholars concerning this, and there are a lot of opinions from amongst what they have said, and uh, I didn't find any opinion from amongst all of those opinions that has any clear proof from the Quran or Sunnah. Probably the most, yani, the closest of yani, what you might, might be acceptable is those who said that the difference between a Prophet and a Messenger is that uh, the Prophet is Nabi, it is from Nabuwa, the one who received some revelation. And Rasul is from Risala, the one who was sent with a message. So perhaps you might distinguish uh, between prophet, prophethood or Nabuwa and Risala that the Nabuwa is only the receiving of the revelation. And the Risala is, yani, is also yani, indicating the mission of going to the people or being sent to them. Uh, unfortunately, yani, there are many uh, histories of the prophets that disprove this opinion. The other opinions are even further yani, than this. Uh, the fact that perhaps you would say that um, all prophets except maybe uh, Adam salam, all prophets were sent to a people. And Adam salam, according to authentic hadith, he was the first prophet. He was indeed a prophet, Nabi. Other, otherwise, the other prophets were all sent to a people. So not only they received revelation, but they were also sent to whatever people they were sent to. Some said the difference between prophet and messenger is that prophets uh, didn't come with a new sharia, but they followed the sharia of the prophets before them, whereas the messenger came with a new sharia. But the proof for it, there doesn't appear to be any. Allah alam, yani, if there's a real yani, distinction between prophethood and risala, but there doesn't appear to be a proof in the Quran or Sunnah, or at least from what I've read in the books of the scholars who explained it, none of it really seems to be based on something clear and authentic. And most of it is, يعني, their own ijtihad. And Allah knows best about that. 
But there's a point before we leave. I just wanted to, uh, it came to my mind now about the question of Adam. Uh, concerning Kufr, the Prophet said in the hadith recorded in the Sahih of Muslim in the first volume, Kitab al Iman, said that whoever from amongst the Christians and Jews, specifically he mentioned Yahud wa Nasara, Nasraniyan or Yahudian. He has about me and that which I have been sent with. Whoever heard about me, send me a bee, or not sent to be. Whoever heard about me and that which I have been sent with, whether he is from Christians or Jews, and he dies without believing in me, then he is guaranteed to be in the fire. So this is, this is, this is not against, this is not an argument against them for shirk, but this is an argument against kufr, for them denying, and hearing about what he was sent with, he and that which he was sent with, and then not believing in it. So this kufr, it is, Guarantee also of the hellfire. Mumayyin. Is it? Does it come from what? Hmm. I think it's related in that uh, the people should know. They should have heard the truth and they should know about it in order for them to be declared as rejecting the truth. They have to first hear about the truth. It has to reach them and it should be made clear to them. If they have doubts or confusion, those doubts should be cleared up before the person should be declared as a kafir. Except the Christians and Jews, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ruled on them already. But they are disbelievers for their belief, for their aqidah. But, other, but from amongst the Muslims, then this is, this is what we are talking about, from amongst the Muslims. As for the Christians and Jews, then their kufr is clear. And it doesn't matter if the truth reached them or not, but the only thing is, if no truth came to them, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may test them. Then that's their condition, and Allah knows that. الذين إذا اكتالوا على الناس يستوفون وإذا كانوهم أو وزنوهم يخسرون ألا يظن أولئك أنهم مبعوثون ليوم عظيم يوم يقوم الناس لرب العالمين